What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Welcome back to the YI Network, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job, too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Manuel Reda. Now, Manuel is an experienced web application developer with an interest in product research and development and is currently the software engineering manager at Vestwell. So he's got a lot to share with us here today. So Manuel, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. All right, Manuel, how are we feeling today? Pretty good. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. I'm doing very well. Manuel, I think that we are going to have to ask that question that everybody has been waiting for. Drum roll, please. And that is why, Manuel, why did you become a software engineer? Well, Koyo, it was a long process of elimination. I first learned how to program in high school. It was actually kind of like out of boredom. I, I went to a very technical high school back in Colombia, where I'm from. Over there, we had this very dense math classes. So we would use our graphic calculators to program little things on them, tease each other at, at like in class. So like that was my first approach to programming. I, I learned a lot with that. Then after that, I, I went to the army. Colombia has a mandatory military service. In the army, I learned that that was definitely what I did not want to do in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I, le- I left the army. And then uh, after the army, I joined a major in industrial design at Los Andes University, again, back in Colombia. In industrial design, there were many things that I really liked, like the approach to problem solving, the focus on better questions more than better answers. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like uh, I found interest in a couple classes, one that was called interactive media design and another one that was called interactive environments. Mm-hmm. These two were basically, there were they were classes that were heavily focused on computation, but the first one was computation within the computer, like just uh, being able to like program something for the computer to use it. Mm-hmm. And the other one was based on physical computing, which is when you extract computation out of the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, projects like Arduino may be something familiar to some people, which allow you to uh, program circuits and have very easy interfacing input-output things in, in the world. Mm. So um, having those available to me was great. It, it like uh, sparked a lot of interest in programming again. After I graduated from industrial design, I started working in Colombia in the, in the Colombian flower industry. Mm-hmm. I had a job where I was trying to like optimize production flows mm-hmm. and uh, redesign packaging. Mm-hmm. because we were basically trying to reduce the cost of the shipping of flowers to different places, mostly the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then again... Over there, I also gravitated to software engineering. I, I developed a little program that uh, allowed us to optimize the shipping pallets so mm-hmm. that you could like pack the most product in the least amount of space. Mm-hmm. And I, at that point, realized that, yeah, I really should be focusing more on something more computational. 
So I found grad school program uh, here in the US in Parsons that is called Design and Technology. I applied. I, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship. I uh, moved to New York and I did that program. Or there mm -hmm. I focused mostly on physical computing and, uh, and like a little bit on the robotic side of that. Mm -hmm. And after graduation from that program, tried to find something around the physical computing, like around to like uh, get started to work there. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really find a lot, but I did find a lot of opportunities in software engineering, mm -hmm. uh, mostly web development. I decided to like go all in with it and I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Been doing it ever since. Been now like 12 years, I think, mm -hmm. since I started. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Mm -mm -mm. I absolutely love 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 that story right there manual and i was just about to ask you what your process was like but i think you broke it down so perfectly for us right there so here's what i want from you now i want <laughs> you to take it back even further than that what were some childhood hobbies and habits that you think matriculated into what you're doing today like the things that i like to do the most always involved like a some form of puzzle Mm -hmm. like uh even like uh in video games i would like the ones that like uh like i had to follow a specific path that like mm -hmm. i had tricked the enemy into doing something like uh it, it was always around puzzles and, and problem solving mm -hmm. if you if you wanted to like uh, become my best friend when i was a kid you would just give me a set of legos and that would be pretty much it mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh and like the other thing that i would do a lot of was uh just uh building weird contraptions like my entire family would make fun of me for that but like uh for example i remember one that was uh, particularly funny uh, that uh, i always had a hard time uh waking up early in the morning uh, mm -hmm. my school my school bus picked me up like a quarter to six mm -hmm. so it was a uh, it was rough to wake up so like uh, i devised this like pulley system that would keep my alarm clock near the ceiling <laughs> So that, uh, so that, like in the morning when it started ringing, I wouldn't be able to just like, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> turn it off, unless I like went to a specific place and like pulled the lever and it would like drop the pulley so that I could turn it off. Mm -hmm. it, it it worked for like a week and then I realized that it really didn't do much of a difference. I mm -hmm. I gamed it my own system, mm -hmm. so <laughs> so like I took it down. But it was that was the type of thing that I would do at home to like try and like keep myself entertained. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it was mostly mostly that type of stuff around the uh, problem solving and and, uh, and like keeping it creative. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love that answer right there. Now, what's an average day like for you today? Well, today is, it's a, it's a it's fairly standard for, for most software engineers. So like um, in the morning, like the first thing that I do is uh, I go on I go on Slack or a messaging platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I do a check-in with uh, with all my team. We have a distributed team, like uh, we have people in different time zones, so like we make sure that it there is asynchronous, so that like everyone can do it like at a at a comfortable time during the mm -hmm. during their day. Mm -hmm. And what the check-in entails is just uh, uh, letting people know what I did yesterday, letting people know uh, what I'm doing today, and uh, informing if I need help from anyone or, or like if I need anything from anyone. The next thing I do is just check my team's answers around that to see like if there's any issues that I need to, to like attend to immediately, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to like unblock them and allow them to, to keep working. Mm -hmm. um, after that, what I do is just check my calendar, see uh, what my open slots are for the day and try to like uh, accommodate my work to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my work is um, like uh, for the most part the part that is uh, that is the coding part. Mm -hmm. 
is uh, one of two things. It's either feature work, which is when you start working on on a specific new thing that your product will be able to do after like a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. or upkeep work, which is uh, what we regularly call uh, tech debt, which mm-hmm. is when you have things that you need to to like do maintenance on, or someone found a bug and you have to like uh, make sure that that bug doesn't affect uh, your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so like uh, it's either one of the two. I try to allocate that work within the open time that I have in my calendar, and uh, and once it is um, once it is allocated, I start. Uh, I basically just uh, start my workday. After like I also have to like attend a bunch of meetings. Those meetings are around. Uh, assisting our, our excellent product team uh, like uh, with the feature work that they will need uh, for the future mm-hmm. or assisting members of my team with like uh, issues that they may be running into and like they need a decision to be made around the problem that they're solving. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like the, what I end up doing is uh, conducting code reviews, which is when you check the, the output of the members of your, of your team, like the code that they wrote, Make sure that they're following uh, good standards and like the decisions that they that they did were correct. Most of the time, they are pretty good. Like I have an amazing team. And then afterwards, I deploy changes. So like uh, all the things that um, that were done by my team or by myself that have been reviewed and that we have added to our product, I just deploy them to to production. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love that answer right there. Now, Manuel. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? Well, the most, I would say, I would say the feature work is a, is a lot of fun. Um, it is, a, it takes me back to like what we were talking about earlier about the, the childhood uh, <laughs> affinity to problem solving. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same thing. You, uh, you are presented with something that uh, your clients need or that like uh, your colleagues inside of your office need and you have to find a way to make their lives easier so at that point i think uh, it becomes it becomes pretty rewarding when you get that feature done and and like uh, either your clients or like your colleagues uh, get a better day so that part is really good i love it i love it i love it Unfortunately, the back end of that question is, what do you enjoy the least? Well, the least I gotta say is the <laughs> the maintenance and the pain of detected. Like uh, sometimes, um, sometimes because of like time constraints, um, you end up uh, you end up having to like uh, cut a corner or two because you you need a fast solution. And mm-hmm. uh, and you end up like putting something else they need to do in the back burner until your immediate problem is fixed. Once you have to get back to it, uh, the part that is the not very rewarding is that like you don't immediately see the benefit of the changes that you do, mm-hmm. even though you're actually doing like a, a, a wealth of good <laughs> to, to humanity or mm-hmm. like by humanity, I mean like your team mm-hmm. uh, by paying that tech debt. Uh, so like uh, it immediately doesn't reward you, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it's, uh, it's worth it. So yeah, so like I would say probably maintenance is uh, is the least fun part. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, Manuel, this next question is my absolute favorite. And that is, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? Mm. 
I'd say that uh, in my personal case, no. And we interrupt this programming with a word from our sponsors. Now, a lot of people ask me, Kojo, you've helped me figure out how to do this, that, and the other. But what about starting my own podcast like you? Well, I'm finally sharing my secret. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world by hitting our affiliate link down below. Now, don't miss out on this limited time offer. Sign up and live your dream job too. Now back to the podcast. I think like through high school, I was I was a pretty average student. I I, I really disliked homework, uh, and that really like a, like took a toll on my grades. It basically sent me to like the the middle of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed extracurricular activities, so so like uh, I I really disregarded a lot of the a lot of the homework. I still did okay in 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 most classes. It was but I wasn't like stellar. After I after I went to to like, like an undergrad, it was uh, it was now different mm-hmm. because I was doing something that I actually wanted to. Mm-hmm. So so like uh, at that point, I was very interested in these classes and like grades just followed. I was uh, I was paying attention. I was engaged. It was uh, it was something that I really wanted to. And, uh, and then by the time I got to grad school, those were the best grades I've ever had, and probably for the same reason. Like I was I now had like a clear path. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I would say that they didn't really affect my career, but mostly reflected my interest in what I was doing. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love that answer. And Manuel, let me break down this next question just a little bit for you, because this word gets tossed around a little willy nilly. And that is, what do you feel that your impact is? And when I say impact, I mean, what are you devoted to? What is your devotion? I am devoted to a few things, but I would say that I'm devoted mostly to, to like a good quality work. I like the things that I do to, to, to like be things that like, uh, that like people can rely on in, in the same way that I try to be a person that is reliable. Um, and, uh, and I think that like that may be the way that, uh, that like I try to impact everything that I do. Uh, inside and outside of work, I would say it's uh, it's mostly just to to like uh, be someone that people can count on and make sure that like the work that I that I do is something that like, people can like rely on its quality. I love that answer. I love that answer. I absolutely love it. And Manuel, you have been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long, but we are down to that last question, and that is. If there was one, just one piece of advice for somebody out there listening right now who wants to be in the position that you are in, Manuel, what would that be? Uh, I said I got, I got like three main points. Um, the first one would be don't be afraid to start. Mm-hmm. Um, 
software engineering and, and like web development and all these things uh, sound like they're a little unreachable at the beginning. They, mm -hmm. they sound too complex. Mm -hmm. they, they really are not. They are, they are more available to you than, than, than like you anticipate. When you start looking at them, when you build your first hello world, you will understand that, um, that like the resources are there for you to take advantage of. So, mm -hmm. so like, don't be afraid to start. There's, um, there's, there are a number of resources free and paid that you can use for, uh, uh for like your education and, um, and really the demand is there. So, so like, um, you will find the place that, that, uh, that will hire you if you want to follow this career. Um, the second one that I would say, and this is um, more uh, from the side of, uh, of like how I'm being interviewing for, for a while, mm -hmm. is um, don't line your resume. Like uh, it, is, it is crazy to see how many people do it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but like, especially in a, in, in a career like this one, uh, once you are like, once you're applying for a job, you are, you are going to be tested for that job. And, mm -hmm. uh, and like, as someone who has interviewed a lot of people, um, we tailor interviews to your claims in your resume. Mm -hmm. So if you are lying in it, you're just going to like put yourself in a very awkward position. Mm -hmm. It is better to just tell, tell the truth and, and like, uh, and just, um, and just like test for the things that you're actually good at. Mm -hmm. You will leave a much better impression and your chances will increase dramatically. Mm. And uh, the last one I would say is work at a startup. Um, for most of my career, I, I have been working at startups. Uh, I, currently, I work at a startup that is called Vestwell, mm -hmm. where we like, uh, try to like, um, uh, help uh, retirement services become uh, more available to people in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and like in a company that is like this small, um, you get to see your impact and you also get to get to test yourself in very different scenarios. So, so like there isn't necessarily a person for, for every role in, in a startup. So like uh, the smaller the startup, the more hats you're going to have to wear. Mm -hmm. So this allows you to, to like uh, figure out what is the path within software engineering that you would like to follow because there are many. You can uh, follow like a, a continuous integration, continuous deployment pipelines. You can decide to follow a front-end uh, engineering path. You can decide to follow a, a, a data engineering path. There are there are a number of paths that you can try. Mm -hmm. And uh, and like if you are uh, working in a large company from the start, chances are you're not gonna be able to explore those paths until it's a little bit too late in your career. Mm. So um, a startup would be a really good uh, place to start. Mm, mm, mm. I love those pieces of advice right there. I absolutely love them. And again, Manuel has been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long. But Manuel, I need one more thing before you go. And I don't care if it's a website. I don't care if it's a social media link. I don't even care if it's a book. Something that I can leave in the description below so that my audience can reach yours. Please promote and shout it out now. Well, uh, 
if there's anything that I would like to uh, to promote is um, is um, I would say the first the first point of uh, of my recommendations is uh, don't don't fear changing your path. Um, if you if you feel that you're that you're stuck in a, in in a career that you don't like, if you feel that um, that uh, that like you would have a better chance of of being better at something else, um, don't don't fear to change. It's a it's it it will it will cost you a little bit at the beginning, mm-hmm. but uh, but in the long run you're gonna be happier and you're gonna be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and plan for the future always like a like i mean i i currently work uh, for a company that, that like focuses a lot on <laughs> planning for the future mm-hmm. so like uh, make sure that future future you is taken care of um yeah basically just put yourself in a position to succeed i love it i love it i absolutely love it and folks as you know, there are three types of work, a job, a career, and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Manuel helped you find it here today. Folks, that is a wrap. If you like today's episode, make sure to follow the Y Network on Instagram for daily quotes from your favorite episodes and more. And if today's podcast helped you in any type of way, make sure not to thank me, but thank God. God put me on the right track at the right time to provide you guys with this content through me. And I pray that this episode helps you align with your purpose so that you too may help others. So stay blessed and stay safe. And until next time, guys. What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. 